As a quick note, uh, it was funny, before Mass, uh, since the time I arrived, uh, I had three different couples tell me this is either their anniversary day or right before it. So I don't know what was going on 40 years ago on this day, but apparently a lot of y'all got married. Uh, some of you are only in your 20s, so I don't even know how that happened. Um, but uh, I do want to acknowledge that. What a blessing, huh? Uh, two people becoming one, that's some tough work. Yeah, and it's a reflection for all of us of that covenant love of God who just says, I'm never giving up on you. Yeah, praise God. Um, Ascension Sunday is important for a ton of reasons, and I'm going to go through all of them. I'm just kidding, guys. No, I, I, just remember the whole key in many ways to this entire thing we believe is that our human nature was the problem. That when Adam and Eve sinned, it corrupted what it means to our human nature. And that Jesus, by being conceived in the, our mother's womb, he took the human nature that was broken, he mixed it with his divine, and changed everything. And that in his death on the cross, he put our human nature to death. And then he rose from the dead. And today, what did he do? He took that healed human nature to heaven so that we've got a shot. And it's a really good deal. We're going to talk about this a lot next week. But we gave him our human nature, which is a train wreck, and he gave us back his spirit. Um, I'll take that deal. Yeah? Now, a smart priest would stop there. That wasn't even the intro. Uh, I wasn't sure where to go in a lot of ways praying about. There's so many things about the ascension to look at. And then I really was inundated in a lovely way with um, emails and, and things. That, Father, what do we do? And of course, this is in relation to the violence in Buffalo which was based on race, the violence in Texas, which is based on uh, brokenness. I don't know. And I don't know if I knew what to tell you, right? If I knew, besides the usual slogans, decide to be a saint. That's it. That's the only tool you and I have to combat this evil. Uh, that Mother Teresa, you look at her in India, and to be blunt, she did not solve the problem of poverty. But man, she entered it. She, by being a saint, changed the world. And in the midst of that, what struck me was a, it might be a good time for us to talk about kind of a feeling of abandonment that these disciples, I'm sure if it was me, you know, and I, I found out the guy I'd been following for three years was, I don't know, God, and that he rose from the dead, I'd be fairly to partly cloudy excited about what the next years would look like when you can bring him to people and say, well, here he is. But he left. After he rose, he appeared to the disciples for a while, and then he left. And I can't imagine... Right? But, but think of this, you heard in the gospel, the angels had to tell the disciples, stop looking up, he's gone. He's going to send you his spirit, though, go back to Jerusalem. And it says they rejoiced, and they rejoiced because they're better than me. 
I would not have rejoiced. I would have bemoaned. Why don't you stay? And we'll talk next week about why he didn't stay, but I want us to talk about this today. That when we look in our own lives, when we look in our country, and even when we look at the church sometimes, it's easy to feel a sense of abandonment. God, where'd you go? What do we do then with that feeling of abandonment? And it might apply to us when we're praying and we don't experience the Lord. It might pertain to us again in our country, in our church, whatever it is. What do we do with the feeling that God abandoned us? St. John Paul II wrote a beautiful, crazy thing, and I learned it in 1993, and I have never, ever forgotten it. I think it's the most important thing I ever heard in many ways. He said, we take everything we feel to the classroom of our mind. We instruct our feelings. We educate our feelings. We do not enslave ourselves to our feelings. That on some level, you and I recognize that we have no control over what we feel. But we do have control over whether we respond to that feeling well. And so for me, when I feel abandoned by God, then I try to remember, I don't know that. The Eucharist, the fact that he promised over and over, I'll never abandon you. And I take what I feel and I educate it. I say, well, that's just a feeling. He won't leave me. He promised. And it's almost that childlike faith that I get a deeper sense of what Jesus means when he tells us we need to have childlike faith. I wish it was childish faith, because I'm great at that. Uh, but it turns out Jesus has nothing to say on that topic. Childlike faith. Well, why do you believe this? Well, because he said it. And as we heard in our second reading, he's really good at keeping his promises. So the first thing I'll invite us to do with our feeling of abandonment is to educate that feeling. Tell it the truth. And tell that feeling, you don't really have power over me unless I give that to you. Scripture tells us beyond that, there are three things that we can do to strengthen our connection with God because sometimes the feeling of abandonment Sometimes that's just natural. I always tell people, I, I'm in hospitals and in hospices every week, and I'm, I've learned a few things medically, right? Basically, I don't want to brag, I have a Facebook medical degree. There, I said it, okay. Google Doc. Um, but I know that little monitor, as long as it's doing this, that's a good thing, yeah? Up and down, that's life. And you know it in your marriages, if that's my wife. Um, <laughs> we've all been there. Uh, no, um, we know that in our marriages, we know that in our relationships, we know that in everything. There's up and down and up and down, and that's just part of it. And it's the same with the Lord. There are days where God will feel close and days where God will feel far away. That's just how relationships work. But sometimes that sense of abandonment is something we can remedy 
Okay? So the first thing Scripture tells us that, and it says this a lot, but I went with the bluntest Scripture passage on the topic. This is from 1 John, quote, Anyone who hates their brother is a murderer, and God is far from them. Oh dear. Yeah? We can't hate anyone. And if what I see on Facebook has taught me anything, oh, we hate. We hate. Those people are trying to ruin the country. Okay. Countries come, countries go. And I've made it my, tried to make it my business to not question people's motives unless they tell me those motives. We hate each other. And it's a problem. And no wonder God feels far away because, quote, anyone who hates his brother is a murderer and is far from God. And it's not because God moved. It's because we did. We have to remember that while we hated him, he loved us. For me, it's a pretty good gauge. And I don't know what percentage, maybe 40, 50 percent, When God feels far, I have to start the list. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Lord, I forgive so-and-so. Right? I got a nice list, yeah? How about you? Oh, I remember every wound, don't you? You're like, no. Uh, Sorry, I'm in charge. Uh, And I do. I remember the ways people have hurt me. And I remember the ways I've hurt others that I know of. And... I have to constantly be handing that over to the Lord. Forgiveness is not a feeling. We can't help how we feel. But we can say, Jesus, I release that person of any debt they incurred by hurting me. Don't collect that debt. And I'm not going to collect the debt. Whatever that debt may be. We say that as often as we need to. And I know I've said this a lot. It doesn't mean we restore the relationship. Some people we should stay far from. But what we need to do is examine our hearts. I say at least once a week. Is there anyone I need to forgive? Is there any person in my life who I need to forgive again? And, and do this as often as is needed. Now, scripture makes clear that sometimes we might feel far from God because we've been holding on to a grudge. And it might be against ourself. There are things from my past they still feel guilty about, and it's been years and years and years. i got to forgive me too. How many of you? I mean, I'm 52. I, I can't believe how many times i got to forgive 22-year-old me. The guy was a knucklehead, yeah? It was the best I had that day. Have mercy on him. The second thing that Scripture tells us is sometimes we feel far from God because we don't take care of each other. And again, 1 John, quote, How can God's love survive in a man who has enough of this world's good but closes his heart to his brother when he sees him in need? How about that? I wish God didn't say that. How can God's love survive in any man who has enough of this world's goods but closes his heart to his brother he sees in need. Sometimes we feel far from God because we're hoarding. We're hoarding. And why are we hoarding? At least for me, it's usually because I'm afraid of the future. 
I don't give because I keep forgetting I'm supposed to ask God for what kind of bread. Do you remember? Daily. And I know I've talked about this a lot, but this is one big one for me at least. I wish Jesus said, give us this day our yearly bread so we can stockpile, right? And of course, I'm, you know, I hope I don't need to say this. We should be financially responsible. But what I am talking about is how often we easily dismiss our call to help people because it's inconvenient. And when we do that, the reason we feel far from God is because we've stepped away from God. The third thing I think comes to us is, is the idea. So how do we remedy this feeling of alienation? One, we take what we feel and we educate it. Two, we make sure we're forgiving everyone who needs forgiveness. Three, we make sure we are helpful to those who are in need. And then finally, in the words of uh, St. Uh, Lombardi, uh, nobody, show up. Just show up. There's mornings I've walked away from my prayer time and legit felt bad for Jesus. Yeah? There's mornings I've, quote, banged out my prayer. Right? I read my psalms, I read my prayers, and uh, gotta go. It's the best I could do that day. And the worst thing I can do is not show up. In the words of Dr. Peter Kraft, one minute of bad prayer is so much better than an hour of no prayer. Show up. Trust that whatever you feel, God is there. Be faithful. Be faithful to your prayer. Faithful to the forgiveness. Faithful to generosity. And don't worry about results. Worry about faithfulness. Was I faithful today? Well, I didn't feel anything. It's okay. Was I faithful today? So this is where I felt like the Lord wanted us to go. On this day, when we celebrate what Jesus did, we also recognize that those disciples might have felt abandoned. And it's a good time for us to look at our feelings of abandonment and call them what they are, feelings. We will speak the truth to those feelings. God doesn't know how to abandon. God doesn't know how to lose. He doesn't know how to leave. And we will make sure we forgive everyone in our life who has hurt us. We'll make sure that we are at least as cognizant of other people's needs as our own. And we will show up every day so that we understand the power and the beauty of the faithfulness of our God through our imitation of that faithfulness. Amen? Amen. Okay.